I did not know that the children were going to be in the service today. Otherwise, I would prepare it a little bit better. Uh, but we do have um, God always provides. So we have, of course, something special for the children. Anytime the children are not in kids' church, we'll have something special for you. Now, the kids, do you remember last time that we, you were in the service? Do you remember that? It's been about two months ago. Uh, do you remember what I did last time, children? Yes, what did I do? I gave away money, right? That's right, I gave away some money. That's it, okay. Well, I'm going to do the same thing this time. And um, some of my mighty men had some mighty dollars. So, <laughs> so we're going to uh, <clears throat> teach the same message. I'm not going to uh, water it down for you. You're going to have to pay attention because I know you can do that. So I have some cash up here, and at the end of the service, I'm going to call on those who are attentive children to come up and tell me what I went over, some of the points. Now, let me give you a hint. It's going to be five points, five points. So you're going to have to remember five points. So remember any one of the points. And also, it's best that you remember more than one of the points. Because if you come up and the person before you says the point that you remembered, you're out of luck. Okay? You just missed it. So there's grace here, uh, always, grace in the house, but not for money. Okay? <laughs> you will not get into money if you don't know the answer. Guaranteed. Now, we've, we've been going through the book of Acts. And before I go into that today, I just want to let you know that we do have the young adults doing the service next Sunday. Uh, so the message and everything dealing with the service the young adults are going to do. Uh, I want you to realize that our young adults, they are the next uh, generation that's going to really be running this country. Uh, so I don't care if they are, let's say, six years old, seven years old now, 20 years from now. They're going to be 26, 27 years old. Uh, the teenagers, if they are 13 now, 20 years from now, they'll be what? Okay, 33. So uh, we have, we just ordained an elder who's 38. I think he's 38. Uh, so we're talking about another generation. We have to prepare our young people for ruling, leading. We have to prepare them for it. We have to prepare them for spiritual warfare. And so that's what we try to do here at Cornerstone. Now, as we go into this message, before I go into chapter 3, because that's where we, uh, we need to pick up chapter 3. And chapter 3 begins with Peter and John. They were going to the temple to pray. And an uh, interesting thing happened. A man who was born lame from his mother's womb got healed. And so before we go there, I wanted to lay a proper foundation for that because I don't want you to miss the things that's going to happen as the Holy Spirit is moving through Acts, moving from Jerusalem, moving to uh, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. I want you to have hearing ears, and I want you to have open eyes. So let's start with John, 
The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 1. Let's start there. Jesus told his disciples three very important things in this part right here that I'm going to talk about. Now, let's start in verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And that you may know the way that I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Let's stop here just for a, a second because I know that in one of your life group uh, classes in the mornings, you are studying probably how to share your faith, and you're going to be facing a lot of different people in, in your workplaces and different places you go, and you might be discussing all the different uh, religions, all the different things that people talk about, and a lot of times people, they mean well, and they think that there are many ways to heaven. There are many ways to be saved. Isn't that just not through one way? But if you would memorize this verse, it says that I am the way, not a way. I am the truth, not one of the truths. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's very specific. Very specific. It doesn't leave any doubt. It doesn't leave any other way. None whatsoever. Let's keep going. Verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, yet you do not, you, you have come to me and don't even know me? Philip, listen, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? That's very important. Very important. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Let's stop there. When you have a relationship with someone and you abide in them, they're abiding you, you can't tell the difference between one and the other, then Jesus could say, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because we have such a relationship that I know his will, I know what he thinks, we are one spirit, so therefore, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're supposed to be able to say the same thing about Jesus Christ, because we have, we are one spirit with Jesus with the Father. 
If you're born again, you're one spirit with him. And we can say that we know we have the mind of Christ. The scripture says we have the mind of Christ. We can say, when you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. So if you follow me, you're following Jesus Christ. So the first point I want to bring out to you is that when we're thinking about the works that the apostles, that Jesus Christ did through the apostles, like the, the, uh, the man who was born lame from his mother's womb, it's not the apostles who are doing the work. He said, the Father abiding in me does his works. That means he does his works through me. That's implied. Whatever we do for the Lord, the Holy Spirit is working through us. We are not doing anything. We can do nothing apart from him. So what's point number one? The Father abiding in me does the work. The Father abiding in me does the work. Or you can say the Holy Spirit in me does the work. You can say God in me does the work. And we're talking about the same thing, aren't we? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is one. Three persons in one. We went over that uh, last week about the Trinity, which is not found in the Bible, but the, uh, the Word isn't, but the, uh, the doctrine is. So, what's the first point? Okay. Very important. But you can say, the Holy Spirit abiding in me does the work. What does abide mean? Abiding really means just that they are, he's, he's dwelling. He's in you. We're one. He's not going anywhere. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Second point. Second point. The same works and greater works the believers will be able to do. He said that here... He said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, the works that I do, that means the same works he, he does, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. So in a believer, he's saying here, will be able to do the same works and greater. Second point. Okay, the first one. We better get some more dollars ready because I believe that these, I, I believe they got it. I believe they got it, brother. Let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Let's amplify that just a little bit. Because sometimes you read something and you're thinking, well, I, I understand that Jesus said that, but I really don't know whether 
that, that, that I can be like Jesus. I, I don't believe I can say, follow me as I, as I follow Christ. I don't know whether I can say that. Verse 20 through 23. And this is Jesus talking. This is one of the, the, the prayers that he was praying to the Father. And he says in verse 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. That's, that, that, that's powerful. That's powerful. He, he, he was saying now, even as fathers, you, you and me, I'm in you. I want them also to say that, that, that because they are going to be in us. See, the world not going to be able to, world not going to be able to believe that you sent me unless they are in us like you are in me because they're not going to be able to do the works that I, I do because the works, we have to be one. We have to be one to be doing this thing. And so just like you and me, I and you, they're going to be in us. And the works that I do, they're going to do also. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. Now, that is, that's specific telling me. I mean, it's specifically telling me that we are one. We are one with Christ. We are one. So if he tells Philip, he tells the, the, the disciples, if he tells them, Why can't you believe that you've seen the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because he's in me and I'm in him. Then why can't we say, you've seen Jesus if you've seen me? Why can't we all say that if we're born again? Because he's in me and I'm in him. It says it in his word. Do you believe the word? Verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in, in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. That is powerful. There is no, not, that's, there's nothing that's supposed to separate us from the love of God. God is, 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 is putting this thing really specific here, is that, we have a close relationship with him, very, very close. Just as close as the Father and the Son, we're supposed to be the same with the, with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We are one. The first point that we say it, number one is what? We do not do the work, do we? It's the Holy Spirit in us that's going to do the work. We're not going to try to get in the glory, are we? We're not going to go around, you know, puffed all up and thinking we are something. Sometimes we say we don't do that, but actually we would like the, the, the privilege of people coming to us and say, you know, would you pray for me? I, I, I hear you, you, you have a, uh, the gift of healing. Would you pray for me? We, sometimes we, we would like that. I tell you, I don't know whether you would like that or not. Think about it. Would you really want that? 
Because where are you going to be able to go if you have everybody you touch get healed? Where do you think you're going to be able to go? You probably won't even be able to stay in your house. Because they will tear your roof up to get somebody down through your roof so you can heal them. Think about it. Isn't that what they did to Jesus? He couldn't go anywhere. I mean, they, they killed John, and he's going to go away with some solid, you know, just quiet place. They beat him there waiting on him when he gets there. He felt compassion on him. Healed the sick. You're not going to be able to go anywhere. Can't go on a vacation. Can't let out and get a suntan, Elzan. <laughs> no rest. Sometimes we don't think about those things. It's an awesome price for the anointing of God. But God knows that, and he, he will use us as he sees fit. And I'm glad of that. I'm really glad of that. But I'm so glad that he uses us, aren't you? Let's go a little further. Let's look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And let's look at 4 and 5. We can do nothing apart from him. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing point that we went over, number one is that it's, it's God in us. It's the Father abiding in us who's going to do the works. It's the Holy Spirit in us going to do the work. We can do nothing. Only thing we can do is abide in the vine. And he'll do what he needs to do through us. That's important for us to know. The second one that we went over, somebody tell me the second one. Okay, he who believes is going to do the same works and greater. So that is very important also. Let's look at John chapter 5, the Gospel of John chapter 5, and let's look at verse 15. The man went away, and this is, this is an account. The backdrop is, is an account where Jesus healed someone that was at the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda and um, they, he told them to pick up his, his pallet and, and, and walk, and it was on the Sabbath day, and they were... Uh, the Jews were very upset because it was on the seventh, seventh day that the man was taking his pallet. And so Jesus talked to the man, and verse 15 we're picking up at, the man went away, both the Jew, told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. 
For this reason, therefore, the Jews were sick and all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself. Do you see the humility? Unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in a like manner. Can we say that? Can we say, you know, if I see Jesus doing it, then I'm going to do it. Because my Lord and Savior Jesus is doing it, so he's my example. So therefore, that's my pattern. I'm going to do it also. That's what Jesus said about the father. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you may marvel. Greater works. So Jesus was shown that the works and greater works was going to be shown. Jesus says that to us, he who believes will do the same works and greater works. That was point number two. Let's go a little further. Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, that's very interesting because he gave them a new commandment if we look at the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I, I give you, that you love one Another. That's a new commandment. But it's really not new. It's the same commandment. But it's a different commandment. The other commandment, he says, you to love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. He says, I want you to love one another. That's my commandment. I want you to love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men are going to know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The third point. Love one another as I have loved you or Jesus has loved us. Love one another as Jesus has loved us. That is a powerful commandment because it tells us exactly how we're supposed to love one another. That's what it tells us. Because Jesus made it very plain how he loved us. He loved us when we were yet sinners. Am I correct? Do we love one another when we are yet sinning? In other words, someone did something to you, or you don't like what they did. You just don't like their personality. You don't like their love language. Whatever it may be, do you still love that person with the love that Christ loved you? That's the question. Because he says, love one another as I have loved you. It's, it's very specific, see. 
And now if we're going to say, I know your will, I know I have the mind of Christ, you in me, I'm in you, we're one spirit. When, 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 when people see me, they see you. When they read the Bible, they see me, they see you. It's no different. We're going to have to walk in love, people. We're going to have to walk in love. Because my Bible tells me that God is, come on, finish it, love. That's what it tells me. God is love. If God is love and I can't walk in love, we're not abiding. We're not abiding. And I know you say that, well, I will love them, him, her, them, if they would treat me right. I will love them if they wouldn't do this. Is that what you read in your Bible, that how Jesus loved you? How did he love you? Wasn't it um, a marvelous song they were singing? Uh, you know, Laura, she was just, I mean, she was, she was leaning on that thing. It was good, you know, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, how he loves us. Doesn't he love us? I'm so glad, <laughs> I'm so glad that I didn't have to perform for him to love me. Because... I wouldn't be loved. I'm so glad that I didn't have to be another um, color for him to love me. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't have to have a certain body shape for him to love me. I'm glad that I didn't have to clean up my past and get that right for him to love me. I'm glad he just loved me just the way I was. I mean, he just, he brought me in when nobody wanted me. When all society says that I have everything against me, he brought me in and said that you have everything going for you because of me. Oh, how he loves us. If we're going to abide in him, if we're going to do the, allow the Holy Spirit to do those works through us, we're going to have to uh, work on this love thing. We're going to have to work on it. I believe that sometimes, I believe that sometimes we can love people better that are unsaved than we can that are saved. I believe that. I believe that we have Sometimes, uh, probably more uh, criteria for somebody to uh, be loved by us if they are in the church than outside the church. That's what I believe sometimes. I believe that, that people, they'll leave church and never come to, come to any church again because somebody said something to them in the church. 
and they, 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 in the workplace, they won't do that. They won't leave work and never go to work again <laughs> because somebody said something to them. <laughs> in a church, we treat each other not good. It's like uh, in a household. You know how brothers and sisters are in a household? They, they just love on each other, don't they? <laughs> in a funny kind of way, you know? You know, you wouldn't think they were brothers and sisters. You wouldn't think they loved each other. You know, they just be arguing. I mean, just be having, having, having a, just, a, just a, a fit with each other. And one of their friends call them because they have these ringtones. They know which friend it is. They pick up the phone, hello, you know. You know. said, wait a minute, I thought you were mad over here. But we treat people outside our family better than sometimes we treat them inside our family. You, you know what I'm talking about? We can do the same thing in our marriages. We can do the same thing in the church. We can do the same thing. And God says that, no, 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 no. A new commandment I give you that you love one another even as I have loved you. So the first point was now that's that's real good now you now you know how how it was on on the day of Pentecost when the hundred and twenty <laughs> they they were speaking now you I told you I, I said that now you have two two theologies there you, you could say that they were all speaking different languages or you can say they all spoke the same language they hear it differently. You might have said, I said that, you know, you can be talking the same language in, in the church, and you're talking at the same time, you're not understanding what people said. Number one. Okay, in other words, it's the Holy Spirit in us doing the work. It is not us. We can do nothing apart from him. Number two. Okay, we should be doing greater as well as the same works. Number three. Okay. All right. Y'all getting some more money together, man? I believe the children got this thing down. I don't know. I'm not watering it down now. Not watering it down. Let's go a little further. This was something very interesting to me. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Because I want your theology to be correct. Because we are, we are facing a situation where they're going to be doing some mighty things. And one school of thought is, well, that's great, but we don't need that now because they needed it to show the people that Jesus was, was risen and the church needed to be built. But now we have the canon of scripture. We are not in that dispensation, so therefore healing is not for today. We don't need that any longer. We have the word. Then you have another opposing theological group that says, 
No, no, no. Healing is for today. You have some people say, well, everybody is supposed to be healed. Then you have some that say, no, uh, God heals who he wants to heal. You have all sorts of in-between. What's your, theolo- what's your theology? What's your theology? Let's look here in Matthew 8. Start with verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's home, this is Jesus, one of the disciples' home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. Okay, she's sick. Had a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and waited on him. Is that a miracle? That's a miracle. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. Do we still have sick people in the world today? Do we have people get fevers? Do we have them sick in bed? Do you think demons have gone away? There's no such thing. All the things now is just nice angels, guardian angels, you know, messenger angels. We have no such thing as principalities and powers and rulers, doctrines, spiritual wickedness in heaven and place. We don't have that anymore. What do you think? Do you think they need to be cast out or do you think we don't have an authority? What do you think? Okay. Did we see Jesus do it? Okay. And he healed all, how many? Who were ill. Verse 17, this is very important. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. So now, Jesus has fulfilled what was prophesied by Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now, we turn over to Isaiah, uh, chapter 53, verse 4. We'll see it, where he said that. It says, surely our griefs he himself bore. Now, griefs are what we call diseases. They're illnesses. They're, they're, they're kind of illnesses. That's what, that's what griefs are. That's what my Hebrew dictionary would tell me griefs are, because I had to look that word up. Jesus bore them. And our sorrows, what are sorrows? Sorrows are the results of the Illness, the results of the disease, it's the weaknesses. Uh, Matthew will call them infirmities. He carried. He bore those too. That's what it tells me. When I read this, I was so excited because I said that if Jesus fulfilled it, what does that tell me? It tells me that on the cross, this, this was going to be taken care of because Jesus is operating before the cross. Because this, this, is, this is before the cross now when he went to Peter's house. This is before the cross. So he is doing things like a foretaste of what the cross is going to do. 
He's saying that I'm coming, I, I've come to fulfill this. I have fulfilled what you have, what you have read there. Just like when he was uh, stood up in, in, in the synagogue and read, read what he read about um, you know, himself, he says, this day it has been fulfilled to you. So it's fulfilled. So that tells me that I can believe that healing is for today. I can believe that. I can believe that the miracles that they were doing in Acts can be done by anyone who believes if God chooses to move through them because there's nothing of the person. That's number what? That's number one. There's nothing of the person. It is the Holy Spirit moving through that person. So I can't do anything. You can't do anything. But we can make sure we are abiding. We are one with the Lord. We can make sure that we are are keeping ourselves like we're supposed to be in love with one another and let him do the work because the gifts of the spirits are real, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's real. Miracles. They're real. They're real. So I said, that's good. I like that. Now suppose, suppose someone doesn't get healed. What is that going to do to my theology? I don't care if someone doesn't get healed. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. If I ask you to pray for me and, and you pray for me and I don't get healed, I'm not upset with you. Because I know it's not of you. I know it's God. I'm not going to say, oh, I brought my loved one to the elders. They're supposed to pray over them and having anointed them with oil. They're supposed to be raised up. God said he'll, he'll do this thing. And look at it. They didn't pray the prayer of faith of them. They prayed doubt of them. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say, you didn't get healed when I prayed for you because you had a lack of faith. Because Jesus, after all, he said, you know, uh, your faith has made you whole. So your faith didn't make you whole when I prayed for you. I'm not going to say that. It's not up to me. I can't produce anything. Can you? I can't produce a thing. Only thing I can do is pray. Now, I know that we will be healed at some point in time anyway if we're sick. Revelation tells me that. We're going to get a new body, aren't we? So therefore... If it's now, praise God, I want it to be now. But if he chooses for it not to be now, then I'm his anyway. I'm a vessel, meet for the master's use. So he can choose to do whatever he wants to do with me. Do you believe that? Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do with some of the people, some of the situations that happen in Scripture you're going to have a lot of explaining to do that you can't explain. If you have a theology that you believe that, that every time you pray for somebody, they're going to get healed, otherwise there's something wrong with that person. Okay? It's not, this is not cornerstone. Now, do I believe that, that every time I pray, do I have, have belief that they will get healed? Yeah, I do. I do. Every time 
I, and, and Minerva and I, we pray, this is my wife Minerva, every time we pray uh, five days a week healing over our, ourselves. We do. And we don't get mad because we don't see the results yet. We're just going to keep praying. Would you get upset if, if we prayed over you 50 times and then the 51st time you got healed? Would you get upset? No. No, you're not going to get upset. So that's why we say that we're going we're gonna to pray. In this church, we're going to pray. We believe in miracles. There are many things, you know, that can hold up uh, your healing, and we won't cover those. Number four, it's better to have faith than no hope, isn't it? If your theology says, oh, it's passed away, you can forget it. We don't need healing anymore. We don't need miracles anymore. First Corinthians 12, you can forget that. The uh, manifestation of the Spirit, we don't need it anymore. Your hope is gone. Your hope is gone. See, I have hope because my point number four says that all things are possible to him who believes. Now, you can white it out of your Bible if you want to. And if you read on a computer, you can erase it. You know, just delete it. I think that's what they call it, delete it. You can delete it, you know, so that it, you won't have that in your, in your Bible verse memorization. But I like that all things are possible to him who believes. Now, either it's possible or it's not possible. I didn't say it. Who said it? It's in the Bible. The word of God. Number one is what? Okay, it's really God in us doing the work, right? Number two. Number three. Number four. And number five is the title of the message today, which is, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, if he said all things are possible to him who believes, we want to say, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm uh, hopefully wise enough to understand I'm not where I should be. I hope you're wise enough to understand you're not where you're supposed to be. And if all things are possible to those who believe, and if you believe to the utmost, there's no other belief that you can believe anymore. You have reached the top, the pinnacle of belief. Then we can all, you know, wrap up this thing and just come to you. You know? But I say that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We, keep, we need more faith. We leak. <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a world system that, that takes faith all the time. So I said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's number five. What's number five? Now, you don't have to be that way. You can, you can say, Lord, I believe. I don't need no more belief. But I say, Lord, believe. I was like the man who, uh, with the son he was talking to, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay. Normally, when we wrap up, we will wrap up with a uh, one of the men coming up and whatnot, but um, I want to close it out today with the children. And now, it's very important that you realize 
that we have a lot of mighty men in his, in his body, but we don't have a lot of mighty dollars. <laughs> so because we had to have dollar bills. And we could, you know, somebody could have brought out a 50, a 100, you know, all like that. But I don't have that many. So when it gives out, it gives out. Everybody understand that now? Okay? I love children, but if I don't have it, I don't have it. I got to be honest. Is that correct? Got to be honest. Now, <clears throat> are we together on this, children? We're going to start with the little children so teenagers don't run up here. Okay, we're starting with the, the little ones who are supposed to be in children's church. The teenagers don't go to children's, children's church. If, you go to, if you're supposed to go to children's church, don't come up here. Okay? Yet. Let's give the children who are supposed to be in children's church time to come up here. Now, we want five things. Is that correct? Okay. Now, I said, now, now, just for those who, who uh, might want the age of children's church. What's the age of children's church? Jenny, what's the age of children's church? The, 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 the ones that are supposed to be out of the service. Okay, five or six through ten. If you're 11, stay seated. Okay? Okay. Those who are five or six, come on up. Come on up. Those who are supposed to be there. Those who are supposed to be, you know, in children's church. Face, face that way. Okay, face that way. Get, get on the line now. Get, get on the line. Well, they got their notes, boy. Jenna, do they take notes with you? Yeah, everyone, everyone who's supposed to be, who would have gone out of the service, in other words, everyone who would have gone out of the service today, uh, age-wise, come on up. Okay. okay. Adults, you need, to, you need to watch these children because they are taking notes. Chad is, is commander of him, Commander Chad. Uh, he wants to take your money. Do you want him to take your money? Commander Chad, you need to go sit down there. <laughs> he had his iPod. He was ready. Commander Chad was ready for it. Okay. Tell them your name. Jose. Jose. All right. Now, are you ready? Any point you want to give, it's Okay. Uh, now, now we we got one, two, three, four, five, six. So someone had to repeat one of the points, but it's okay. Um, let's let's do this this way. Let's repeat the five, one of the five, and then when we get to the to the last person, uh, then they will repeat any one of them. It's okay. Any one of them is okay. Okay, tell them what it says. Give him a hand! Wow. Hey, that is great, man. That is great. Wow. How many adults take notes? Okay, give them your name. Christopher. Christopher, okay. Christopher, which one did he say? Number two. He said number two, so you can't say number two, okay? Anyone you want to say? Number three. What's that? Love one another as I have loved you. Give him a hand. Wow, my goodness gracious. We have some smart kids in this church. They take notes, man. This is a discipleship church, I tell you, boy. They, tell them your name. Victoria. Victoria. Okay, they gave number two and number three. Which one do you want to give? Number five. Okay, number five. Okay, what's number five? Lord, I believe, hope, and belief. Wow, give her a hand. 
Woo-wee! My goodness gracious. They are smart kids. Tell me your name. David. David, okay. Now they gave, what, two, three, and five, five okay? So you can give any one you want to, other than, what, one and three? The Father abiding in me does his work. Woo! Give him a hand. Wow. Woo, woo, woo. That is cool. Okay, your name? Joshua Howard. Joshua Howard. He dropped his notes. He doesn't even need his notes, boy. Which one are you going to give? All things are, oh. Um. <laughs> Number four. Number four. All things are possible to him who believes. Go ahead on, boy. Woo-wee. Wow. Okay, what is your name? Christian. Christian, okay. You can give anyone you want to give. Um, number five. Okay. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Give her a hand. Wow, that is fantastic. Fantastic. You know, that's, that's so good. I, I would like to give these other dollars away because I don't know who they belong to. That We didn't take the serial number of the people. Uh, so do we have any more kids who really want to uh, earn a dollar that, that, you know, paid attention? Anybody? Uh, just at that age? Okay. Well, then we, we got it, okay? Uh, let's stand to your feet. Um, Elder Sam, here's uh, some the mighty dollars, you can give them back to the mighty men. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. 